Welcome to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast, hosted by Craig Phillips and Jeff Torrey. Visit us at FantasyFootballProfit.com. And now your hosts, Craig and Jeff. Welcome everyone to the Fantasy Football Profit Podcast. I'm Craig Phillips, joined as always by Jeff Torrey. And today our episode is players we haven't talked about. So we've tried to come up with five players each that, I don't know, for some reason or another, just haven't really made the podcast too often. And, and I guess with only one episode a week up until the last, you know, a couple weeks ago, we went to two. It's not hard to talk about everybody. And there's some guys that for some reason have dominated our, you know, podcast, which obviously we talked about the last show. So these are five guys who we haven't really talked about. And we'll just jump right in the episode today, Jeff. We'll start with your fifth player. There's really no particular order in this one. So we'll just start with your fifth player. Coming in at number five. Um <laughs> Uh, we haven't really talked about AJ Green, and we have not much. That's yeah, true. Yeah, and I wanted to bring his name up and kind of pick your brain as well because AJ Green is one of those guys that is a perennial top ten pick wide receiver. I mean, even right now he he's ranked eleventh, but you know, two out of the past three years he's had considerable injuries. He is starting to get a little bit older. He obviously is still a very good wide receiver. And Tyler Boyd did do pretty well in his absence. He got over a thousand yards, seven touchdowns. What is your thinking on AJ Green, and how are you approaching him? Because I haven't ended up with him in any of my mock drafts, anything like that. He, okay, he's it's he's interesting. So I I try to figure out what we should do with guys like this. Where how long should we chase past production? And at this point, we're chasing production of a couple of years ago with AJ Green if we're if we're drafting him. The reason why he actually becomes interesting is just because he's you're not actually paying for that past production necessarily. Your people are getting him in the fourth round a lot of times. Then I kind of like him in a way if you get him as a wide receiver too and you're not really paying but you're not getting you're not getting AJ Green like you would have a couple of years ago in like a second round. If you can get him in like the fourth, it's interesting to me. But I do worry and wonder is it just going to be done with him? Is this, I mean, what did you say? He's 30, 31 now. So yeah, he's just, he's just about to turn 31. What's to say he can come back to that past level. You know, injuries do take a toll over time. And so as let's see here, 2017, he did play a full season. We seem to like, I'm wondering, are we still just holding out hope of 2016 where he had, he had the, the 10 games he had, before he got injured, were really good. We in those ten games, he had sixty six catches for nine hundred and sixty four yards. He had a really, really good start to that year. But in two thousand seventeen, he played a full season and he only had seventy five catches for a thousand seventy eight yards, eight touchdowns. It's just that's just okay. When I mean, when was the last time he had? He really hasn't had that big dominant season. I mean, two thousand fifteen was good, but it's really been it was two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. He had those great seasons in his second and third year and honestly he's never quite lived back up to that level 2015 was close but we've had now four of the last five seasons where aj green really hasn't been that good he's been good he's good he hasn't been great and i think we're just i think it's just a name at this point honestly yeah i i have a i have a difficult time because i don't feel good about banking on the fact that he is going to be healthy the two out of three years, and, and I, I believe they're both, you know, lower leg injuries, which 
obviously does not help the situation. But I mean, even I, I mean, I gotta give him a credit too because I, I look at his stats right now of, of last season, and um, supposedly he played in in week uh, twelve. I think he was trying to come back and he had one catch, and uh, I don't count that. That was a whatever game. Yeah, they were but solid. One through eight. I mean, he had six touchdowns, almost seven hundred yards. So if you double that, if that was really what he mm-hmm. was going to do, he has a very very good year. And uh, on that same note, the targets are there, right? So the targets through week eight are just reading them off per game by game starting in week one, eight, nine, eight, eight, 10, 12, 14, seven when he got hurt. So they're trying to get him the ball. He's still that guy that can catch touchdowns. He had six and eight games. Um, but I, for even with all that said, I don't feel comfortable picking him even at the number 11 spot, even at in round four when I could get another say running back or something and, and kind of moving my team forward that way. I, yeah. I just don't think he's ever going to be in a position where I pick him. I, I, I'm rooting for him to make that comeback and actually be good. But I, I just think that, um, you know, time gets everyone. And I, I think that he's going to have a very difficult time staying healthy. Yeah. That's where I, I just, I wonder if it just comes to a point where he just can't quite get there anymore to that level. And it might be that point. Not to mention Dalton has been fine, but he, he's a very average quarterback. So, yeah, I think that is also a bottleneck, you know, in AJ production. Like those years, he killed it. I, I do always wonder what he could have done in a, a better a better system. That is kind of weird when you look at those two, you know, the 2016 and 18 where he had, you know, didn't play the full season and his numbers look pretty solid. But then 2017, a full year, he just didn't do it. But I don't know. It could, like, just yeah, be, why? it could just not be well, there anymore. I, you say that, but 2017... He was okay. He just he, wasn't... He was the 10th best wide receiver. Yeah, it's just, I know. It, it, it wasn't anything flashy, but he was still in the top 10. Yeah, and that's just... But you're right. I mean, he was... The last time he was dominant was 2012-2013. That That is pretty... I mean, 2015, he was 8th. Yep. But yeah, 4th and 5th and 12 and 13. And it's like at some point, we're know. just... We keep paying for what somebody used to be. And you're not really paying for it. If you can get him in the fourth, go go right ahead. That's not there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, Green's Yeah, I know. <laughs> and there's and there's not any news around uh, no, about him because no. he stays out of trouble. He just does what he's supposed and to he's, and he's in Cincinnati. He's at an age where he still could have another year or two. So he might just be great. It's it's possible. That's where I don't really know what to do with him or what to think. I still have him ranked pretty decent. I think he's like eleventh yeah. or twelfth for me. Well he's up there. I also see and these aren't I don't know if these injuries would cripple him, but you, you've seen, I mean, we saw what Megatron, Kelvin Johnson, kind of call it quits a little earlier than he had to because he wanted to preserve what was left of his body. You start wondering if he has one more injury, like, is he just going to be like, I've had a good run. Yeah. Why, why am I forcing myself to come out here? Because it's not like Cincinnati is a contender at the moment I, either. I wouldn't mind retiring at 31. Yeah, that would be nice. God. Oh, the life. <laughs> but anyway, that was my number five, right. AJ Green. What so, is your number five? So my number five is a little, I cheated a little bit, but two guys. And just because quick. Right, right off the bat. Yeah, right right just break, the bat. break up the list. And it, it's the it's the two rookie running backs that are kind of been ranked higher. David Montgomery, Josh Jacobs. We haven't talked a lot about these guys. True. And, I mean, a little bit, but I'm just curious. People are going to wonder what we think of these guys because you they see them all over the, all over the board. And. I'll just say, so Montgomery and Jacobs, out of the two, Jacobs obviously was drafted higher, but I think Montgomery could be in a better situation, but I will be honest, 
I'm not a big fan of either guy where they're going. And I'm just kind of staying away from that whole situation. And I know other people want to reach and want to get these guys early. I'm just going to say, I'm just, I'm avoiding it. I don't want to do anything with it. Jacobs right now is ranked 20th. And uh, Montgomery's 26th right now in consensus. ADP-wise, it's 20th and 25th. So you got Jacobs going ahead of um, Sony Michelle and Mark Ingram. I, I don't see, I, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And why is Josh Jacobs going to be so much better than... Um, what the Raiders put out there last year and they couldn't get it done. Josh Jacobs is fine, but I, I heard this stat the other day where I don't believe Josh Jacobs ever has gone over for a hundred yards in any of his games ever in college. He never went over a hundred yards. I was always, I, I get that he is a, a good athlete and he probably is a good running back and you probably just didn't need to use him that way in Alabama. Yeah. But it is the same thing that I worry about, but you know, a lot of people will point back to, and they're different players, but they'll point back to Elvin Kamara, right? Yeah. Who did, he didn't get a whole lot of playing time in college either, and he was still a high draft pick. But the the only reason I'm okay with Josh Jacobs at number 20 around, I mean, I would take Ingram before him. Um, you could make a very strong point for Michelle, but he, he really is the only guy there, you know, and you're going to have to try to run the ball. You spent a high draft pick on him. So I think that he's going to get the the chance. So I understand why he's up there. Montgomery at 26, I, the only reason I understand that, I, I feel like Lamar Miller should probably leapfrog him because you know exactly what he's going to get, a, a ton of carries and everything. But Montgomery, I, I don't know what that guy is going to do at all. I don't even know how Chicago is going to use him at. Everyone is just assuming. And they're assuming a lot, too, because Tariq Cohen isn't going anywhere. He's not going to get a lot of carries, but he's going to be every passing down. So it does limit him greatly. So I don't understand reaching on either of them. And to be honest, as soon as they come up, I kind of know I have a uh, kind of like um, a cushion and I can go out and get someone else because they're still there. And I know people are going to go get them. Uh, Josh Jacobs has, is as high as ninth in fantasy. Pro. Whoa, whoa, somebody, whoa. somebody has him as high as nine. Yeah. Well, that's way too high. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, and see, that's where I I just kind of last year was pretty much the only year I ever went for a rookie running back, and that was because it was Saquon Barkley. I I don't like to go for the rookie running backs where you actually have to pay something for. Yeah. Saquon was his own thing. Saquon was we everyone knew Saquon was good. There was no question he was going to be good. The only rookie running backs I like to get are ones I don't have to pay for later in the draft. I don't want to pay for just complete one hundred percent speculation, which we just don't know. And uh, David Montgomery is is as high as tenth in rankings oh, right now. That, that's ridiculous. Yep. So that's why I just wanted to bring him up quick and just let yeah. people know what we think. And it's really just eh, stay. I kind of just I'm going to stay away. They're not going to be probably almost on any of my teams unless it gets to a point in the draft where they really have fallen, yeah. and then it becomes I, and, not yeah. a reach. I, I could see Josh Jacobs on in a moment of desperation yeah. when I when I have yeah. missed out on running backs going and getting him. But but be, because very rarely would we that like like Ingram. Ahead of him, yeah, that it typically doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, so we usually like, able to get Ingram. I think uh, what Lindsay is going behind him as well, right? I don't know, but yeah, Lindsay is too. Yeah, Lindsay, I, I like Lindsay quite a bit. Like there, there are guys down there that, um, even if it's not as clear cut, you know, um, they're going to get plenty of of work, and we already know that they're capable of of you know developing into a fantasy player. Yep. All right, so that was my number five. What's your number four? Number four is a quarterback, and we just really haven't talked about Jared Goff a whole lot. Another guy I would Man. like just to mention, I'm, I, once again, these a lot of these guys, and the reason why we haven't talked about them is because we're lukewarm on them. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I, the reason I wanted to bring up Goff is because he did a wonderful job of taking the next step last year. He has a wonderful offense around him. He has McVay. He has everything pointing in the right direction. He finished as the seventh best quarterback in fantasy last year, and yet we give him no respect. We really don't. <laughs> no. And and we kind of just push him off to the side, but especially with Cup coming back, and say they do take you know away some carries from Gurley, just a few of them, so you have to throw a little more. Uh, Woods had a great year. Cooks is always wonderful. Why couldn't he improve on what he did last year, or at least repeat? Why couldn't? Why wouldn't he be a top ten quarterback? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess why? Why not? It's uh, and right now he's ranked as the number twelfth. That's probably around where I have him. I think what do I have him. Um, actually, I'm care. I don't even remember where I had him. I just did my updated ranks today, and it is kind of yeah, I'm kind of lukewarm. I'm like you said, I just don't really feel any way about him you know he's um having time 12 i have him 12 and yeah. look at this too i mean uh 65 completion you know um pretty respectable he had almost 4700 yards and 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions it, he really did a phenomenal job and i mean that offense is young nothing is really changing on it so I, he's just one of those he, guys that he gets lost in the shuffle because quarterback is so you know, plentiful. And he is a, probably a really good pick there if you're waiting for quarterback. That's a good wait on quarterback pick because no, I mean even, yeah, I think that's just a good one because like okay, like Kyler Murray who I do like, but Kyler Murray's going ahead of Goff, but I don't, I wouldn't do that move necessarily because like I'd pick Kyler Murray, I'd pick him over like Philip Rivers and probably even Tom Brady. I'm not going to pick him over Goff because Goff still has some room to grow, I believe. Yeah. And he can get up there. So, yeah, Goff's a yeah. solid one there. Last one, too. You, you don't realize how well he's doing until you look at all the numbers. But um, 2017, the year before, his sophomore year, if you will, second year in the league, um, he finished 12th. I mean, that was with 15 games. So he went from, obviously, only playing seven games, 37th ranked or whatever. QB struggled his rookie year a little bit. Then 12th, then 7th. Trending in the right direction. Wonderful weapons. Think about him in your drafts a little bit if you want to get someone late. So my number four is going to be a is going to be a quarterback as well, and it's uh, Lamar Jackson. I feel like we need to talk about this guy somewhat. We, I think we he, we do overlook him too. And we we have kind of just eh, it's he's not very good passer. Don't really think about him. But yeah, the passing numbers aren't good, but the running numbers are really good, and that makes it so he's not going to have many really bad weeks because of it. I mean he. Took over. He was a starter for what seven games last year only. So seven games he was a starter. He ran for six hundred and ninety-five yards. And mo- he didn't have many yards. Maybe a hundred of those or so before he became a starter. Either way, that's. I mean, he's on. He was on pace for over a thousand. If he's a full-year starter, he's going to run for a thousand yards. That's kind of insane. And if he does that alone, I mean, that's that's a good floor right there. And if you if he keeps the rushing and he improves his passing even at all becomes a, just a, a average, an average passer, just average, just maybe slightly even below average, but he keeps those running numbers. He's going to be a very good fantasy quarterback and he's not going to have the down weeks. He's not going to, he's not going to do what Kirk cousins did to me, Jeff. <laughs> he's going to at least get the rushing numbers. And you had a couple I mean, didn't Goff do that to you? Yeah. Very, yeah. He, he hurt me bad. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to quite do that. I, I mean, think, he, don't get me don't get me right. He'll have some games, without he, a doubt. That he might. And 
but the rushing when, yeah when you're not able to pass I, I worry more about him getting hurt but I think that that is a great player to bring well, up because his rushing is a phenomenal so, you know weapon well, those seven games he started there was only one game that you can look at and be like oh yeah his, his rushing didn't they fail the rushing failed me so one out of seven so he had 119 so what almost almost 12 points just running the ball 71. 75, 67, 95, 90. And then the one that he didn't get anything very much was 39. So he had six of those games where the minimum he's getting you is six, what, 6.7 on rushing yards. That's that's the minimum. He's almost getting the, the worst case was like seven points. You have a seven point automatic just on the board with Lamar Jackson. But, and then he had five rushing touchdowns as well. Four of them in the seven games he started. So... He had almost as many rushing touchdowns as passing touchdowns. That's the problem. He only threw six touchdowns. Yeah, he needs I, to improve yeah, on that. He obviously. definitely does. But he, if he does, I do have to say, like yeah. down the stretch when uh, weeks 13, 14, 15, when you know he, he's finally had like three, four games under his belt, he, he really changed it up and he actually threw for two touchdowns, no interceptions, one and one. So um, the fact that he was throwing touchdowns and not interceptions is a huge point because. You know, being the type of quarterback where he can run and do anything he wants in, you know, in college, the NFL, I thought was going to be a bigger jump for him. But he looked relatively calm, relatively collected. I I worry kind of like RG3 back in the day. I I worry that at some point you will just get hurt. But I I really do like this guy for this year. And I was I was kind of hoping that he would go further in Scott Fishbowl because uh, because of that rushing would be so deadly. And. Once he took over, let's see here, as the starter, he was, um, let's see if I got this right. Looks like he was 10th, actually. Weeks 10 through 17, when he took over as a starter, he was 10th in the league in um, points per game at quarterback. That's pretty incredible. And mm-hmm. no one, what, where is he ranked right now? Because no one has given him love, I believe. Lamar, no, he's 17th. Yeah. Wow, no one has given was, him love. He was 10th. And his ADP is 19. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's. All right, well, he. Uh, well, you know what? I got, I got. I mean, we're about to come out with our official rankings yep. here in a, in a week or so, but he, he's going to be one of them that you have to really take. And this is what's so difficult about the quarterback position because Craig just talked about how he's very intrigued by Kyler Murray, right? Because he can run mm-hmm. and do all those wonderful things. There's so many. Jared Goff, I just brought up, well, who was ranked number you know, twelve. There's so many good quarterbacks. Here, Where do you take the risk? Well, here here we go. I'm going to go to my number three instead. Instead of going to your three, mm-hmm. my number three is Josh Allen. I think we got to talk about him too. So over those, okay, I just, I have it up right now. So over those same games that Lamar Jackson was the 10th best quarterback in the league, weeks 10 through 17, Josh Allen was number two. He was the, and I know it's, I've done the list is weeks nine through 17. So weeks nine through 17, second half of the season, only Patrick Mahomes had more points per game than Josh Allen. That's it. Only Patrick Mahomes. And it's not like, it's just like he was, he was up there. Josh Allen was up there. Points per game. Let me pull this up. Weeks 9 through 17, points per game. So Allen pay, played oh six of those games. He played six there in that stretch. Patrick Mahomes, over weeks 9 through 17, averaged 25 points per game. Josh Allen, 24.2. Third place was Ben Roethlisberger at 21.7. I I have a very it's interesting time. Yeah, it is. It's, it makes it's, you think. Can, it, it's all about the rushing, right? right. Majority of it. Because he threw some picks. 
Well, he definitely his passing and, wasn't great. And I'll, you give him a little bit of grace because he was on Buffalo, right? <laughs> so you're kind of like, okay, you didn't have a whole lot going for you. You had no running game. Um, you know, McCoy just kind of fell off a cliff. Their their line wasn't great. But it scares me the fact that I don't. He is way more athletic than we gave him credit for. But I also can't imagine. Once teams see this, I can't imagine that they're going to let him do this to them because he had eight rushing touchdowns and he was rushing for <laughs> over 100 yards in a few of these games, well, almost two, three in a row. He had 99, 135, 101. He ended the year with a 95 yard yeah, rushing. And then, but then you look at his passing numbers and his, and once again, he was on a bad offense, but completion percentage 52%. He threw for 2,000 yards and then 10 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. It's not that you can't come back from that. You can definitely improve. They add some weapons for him wonderful but if uh if that rushing was kind of a figment of our imagination where lamar jackson is just such a freak of an athlete that i kind of believe he can keep doing it these numbers are so good that i just i have a hard time believing them because it is weird because so he the first six games he played quite a bit there he the rushing wasn't there it's where he he didn't play what we and what games are those? This he yeah, missed like uh, five games yeah, in there. Seven, or something. seven through ten. So he didn't play those games, and he came back, and all of a sudden could rush the ball. It was weird. Yeah, he didn't well, do that at all at the beginning. Maybe th- maybe he had more confidence. So hey, I'm just gonna get out and run. Yeah, I think as soon as he started doing it, he real. I think everyone was just pressuring him because yeah. they realized you weren't gonna run the ball, so they just kept blitzing, yeah. and then he would just find holes and run. But now that they know that, I can't imagine teams, you know, giving him that option. I mean, he'll get away and he'll do this, but I yep. I have a real hard time believing in him. But like your point, he was number two in that stretch, it's and cr- he's ranked at what the twentieth yeah. QB. Yeah, he's like twentieth, and that's where this is why this year my mindset on backup quarterback has changed because there is the Kyler Murray, there's Lamar Jackson, there's Josh Allen. I don't mind t- just throwing them on my bench and just seeing if it's for real. Yeah, and I don't necessarily like Jack Jackson and uh, Allen. I don't think they can't. They're not very good at throwing the ball right now. Though that rushing is so interesting, so that's why we, and, we just we talk about these guys. And uh, so, yeah. might as well. I'm gonna jump over. Uh, it doesn't matter yeah, what it doesn't. You know <laughs> what we have him in here, but I did have one more quarterback in here. I think we should talk about him. He, he's not a rookie, but Garoppolo. He was the hottest name last year. He yep. was shooting up ranks. He was like you thought it was the second coming, and no one is talking. He's ranked 22nd. And yeah, no, he's not getting there. Yeah. yeah, and you have a, a ton of weapons in San Francisco. Uh, you know. Uh, what happened? I, I, I'm literally, I don't really think that highly of him, but I have no idea what happened. Like I, when I looked at his name, I was like, oh yeah, he just fell off. No one cares anymore. No, it's, he's, he's forgotten. He's forgotten completely. And I mean, I, I'm not sure why that is. I mean, his numbers, I mean, I'm trying to pull up how many, I don't even remember how much he actually played last year. What, two, three games. So he wasn't like doing amazing. I would say last year, but Again, he has potential, right. a lot of it. Okay, think about this, though. I mean, he had just over 700 yards in, was it three games? Yeah. So he got hurt in one of them, right? So probably two and a half or something. Yeah, so I mean, they so really... So he had almost 700 yards, and Josh Allen only had 2,000 for an entire well, I guess, okay, week one, he had a rough go of it. Um, he threw for 261 yards, one touchdown, but three picks. But the game's two and three. He had uh, 206 yards, two touchdowns, 251, and two touchdowns. So he was; those were fine. Those were perfectly fine numbers for a guy that's just who's still 
has barely started at that point in his career. He's still getting going. And now he has what, a second year Dante Pettis out there. They got Debo Samuel. They got George Kittle. Goodwin. Good, you have you have yeah. what five running backs yeah. in the backfield, yeah. and most of them can catch. Yeah. So it's he's completely overlooked and forgotten about. And but he there's that's why there's so many quarterbacks. Yeah. It's and just that's why I wanted to bring him up. It, I just couldn't believe it because I think he was he was getting ranked in like the top ten. Yeah, he was. He was getting way up there, and then he gets hurt, and people forget about him. So that's a good one too. All right, so I don't know where we are anymore. Um, I've done three. <laughs> I okay, say, I have two more to talk. Right, about. So do I. I'll go to my number two. I went with uh, a DJ Moore here. We haven't talked a lot about no, DJ Moore. It's a good one, and he's the number one receiver on Carolina. Should be, and he had. I think I got a cat in the background here, Jeff. <laughs> you might be picking that up. Um, so DJ Moore is rookie year. He's okay. He just turned twenty two. I like to talk about these ages. These show how young some of these guys are. So he's only twenty two years old. So as a twenty one year old rookie. He had 55 catches for 788 yards, only two touchdowns, which is it's a solid season for a rookie receiver who, again, most rookies really don't do much. We've been spoiled by the Odell Beckhams, Mike Evans, whoever else was a great rookie receiver. So DJ Moore with 55 catches for 788 yards definitely can improve on. That's a great start for a 21 year old guy. That's a no, that's a that's honestly not Juju had similar catch numbers his rookie year at a young age too. What did Juju have his rookie year? He had fifty eight catches. He had a lot more yards and more yards and touchdowns. But DJ Moore he showed showed flashes. He really did. And the the big difference too between those two is the fact that one was on Pittsburgh and one was on and Carolina. Carolina has never been a prolific throwing offense. Yeah. And he's not going to be the leading receiver. He's the number one receiver, but he's not going to be the leading receiver because Christian McCaffrey is always going to outcatch him. But he's, yeah, I think he can be really good. What I, what I really, really liked about him or what I liked seeing because the two touchdowns is kind of alarming, right? But the fact that yeah. they try to get him the ball more down the stretch of the year. So you, you start looking at targets, right? Which is very important, especially in Carolina, because you, know, you never know with, with Newton. He's a tremendous athlete, but he's kind of up and down as a quarterback, in my you know opinion. But week 10 on, before that, I, you know, he doesn't really go over five targets. Week 10, eight, nine, eight, eight, and then three, seven, eight. So finally, when you're, you're starting to see them creep up to double-digit targets, that's when I'm, I'm, I'm starting thinking, okay, even if he isn't that touchdown guy, I think he will start breaking more. So you you would expect him to have six to eight touchdowns or something just because of how athletic he is. But if you start getting the ball in his hands more, him more comfortable with it, the team more comfortable with it, I, I really do think that he could develop into a player that I would like to roll into. Because yeah, <laughs> let's do that. Because it's a, actually, it's a great segue because I think – uh, the similarities are very, very close. This is kind of what they said DJ Moore could be. And Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And Craig absolutely I, loved this guy I, last I, I year. Just, I haven't talked about him much this year. We just... And it was him and Thalen were, were, you know, kind of neck and neck. You're like, who would you take? They both ended up doing really well. But because of how Minnesota ended, we kind of haven't talked about either of them. But I, I would like to kind of focus on Diggs, just because I think he's such an interesting player. But I mean, Diggs, he had 102 catches. So I hyped him up after a 60. It's weird because I, so 
I hyped him up. He had 64 for 849. Then I hyped him up for a big year, and he had 102 catches. He increased by 38 catches. And his yardage got over 1,000. So it seems like, yeah, I should be celebrating that. But the yards per catch went down so much that the, the yardage, like if he had continued that 13 yards per catch number from 2017 to 2018 and got the 102 catches, man, he would have been way up there. It yeah. would, 102 catches for 1,300 yards. You would have been, that would have looked just oh, impressive. And that, that's the difference, too, is the yeah. big plays because he had nine touchdowns. Still. But is that a Kirk Cousins thing? Well, is that I, the difference? Like, okay, I don't and I, be, yeah, And obviously, I, I going into it, yeah. you really have to have two quarterbacks just giving a little background yeah. on the Scott Fishbowl. So I was looking at who do I want to get late because I don't want to blah, blah, blah. But so I looked into Cousins and I ended up picking him. And I know that Craig absolutely <sighs> hates him because of what me. he did. Yeah, what he did to him last year. But he had a good year, right? A 30 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Uh, he went for, you know, I think 4,700 yards almost. But the biggest difference after reading about it is, is they just didn't have huge plays. They didn't have these yeah, dynamic that's plays weird. that they were doing. So I think it's more play calling because they were scoring. They were doing a lot of good stuff. I mean, Thielen was getting the ball a ton. Stefan Diggs was getting the ball a ton. Both of them had over 100 receptions, I believe. Yep. You're going to have Delvin Cook back. So if they do put a priority on getting those big plays like developed and into the you know playbook just to take a huge shot here and there, I think that that will turn around. And I think, I mean, Diggs is that close. I, I think your prediction was really spot on because he's a very good athlete. He stayed healthy. And, yeah. I mean, his numbers were good. They're very, very solid, especially if you were in a PPR. I mean, over 100 catches you cannot argue with. So a 1,000 yards and nine t- touchdowns, I'll take that anyway. And the fact that I think he really could improve on it. In he only had four less targets on the year than Thielen and he played one less game. So he was him and Thielen are just, I have them ranked like 11th and 12th or 12th and 13th right now. And they're, they get the same amount of targets though too. Yeah. So yeah. they should be right there. Usually it's because people don't yeah. know what to do with but them. But it's those true. Guys like really it, are. it's legitimate. Yeah. And Diggs had 149 targets last year. That is unbelievable. And there's nothing that is done different. Nothing to change the target numbers for him and Thielen this year. Nothing should change that. Nothing. They really shouldn't. No, no. They're going to throw the ball. They're still going to, I mean, Cook is going to get his runs, but they're going to still throw the ball to those two guys. I mean, Laquan Treadwell's not stepping up. <laughs> so Yeah, probably not. <laughs> he might not even make the team. <laughs> so it's going to be those two. And Diggs gets that. The, the targets stay the same. The catches should stay the same then. It's really all about targets. It's, it's about targets. If he still gets 150 targets again, his catches will be about 100. But if he gets better you know, yards per catch, he can be up 12, 1300 yards. And that just changes everything. If he's a hundred catches for 1300 yards. Cause then all of a sudden his Adam Thielen had like the 12.2 yards per catch. And people think of Thielen differently for some reason. I don't know, but he could be up there better than Thielen. I think he's gonna be better than Thielen. I, I, he's he's still my favorite. Thielen was more dominant and I like Thielen more last year, but he was more dominant in the first half. And I think Diggs was just consistent. Like he just stayed true and, and kind of, you know, you just quietly. I don't know how you can have a hundred catch quiet year, but he did. Yeah, he, he he really did. It was when I actually just pulled that up just now. I kind of forgot like how much he actually increased yeah. from the year before. And right. So you heard it first from me, but I, I just want to point out that I guarantee that you will hear his name more out of Craig now than not that yeah. we brought him up. For sure, he had a giant man. I, crush I still have him ranked high. I really do. It's yeah. just he's up there. I actually really don't have him much different than last year. He might be like a spot below. That's it. 
and so he's very similar. So all right, I'll I think uh, this is my final. Yeah, must be my final guy here. So it's a running back, Marlon Mack. We haven't talked about Marlon Mack very much, but if you pull up what is, I really started to look into this. He played twelve games. He had nine hundred and eight yards and nine touchdowns in only twelve games. So that's pretty decent numbers right there. I mean, put that out over sixteen, and that's you know some that's some really good stuff right there. Why don't we talk about him? What 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 is holding? Because obviously we don't talk about him because we're kind of obviously like you said earlier we're lukewarm on him. We don't really love him. I don't I don't hate him. I don't dislike him. I just don't I guess know what to think about him. And I think we're lower on him than oh, this. Okay, this is perfect. This is absolutely perfect. He's ranked 13th right now in consensus. Okay, which seems well, it's, he's up there, but he's going 18th in ADP. The, why is that? Why are we all? It's not just us. Then it's everybody. Where you rank him in a place where people think maybe he should be ranked, but no one drafts him. You don't end up drafting him. He's ranked ahead of Damian Williams. He's ranked ahead of Leonard Fournette. He's ranked ahead of Aaron Jones. He's ranked ahead of Derrick Henry, and he's ranked ahead of Devontae Freeman, and they all get drafted ahead of him. Maybe, but he's in other than, I mean, look at some of the guys that are going ahead of him. So Henry, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, those two are going ahead of him. He is in a much, much better offense than those two guys. Can't say that about Damian Williams. Damian Williams isn't the best. But the Colts have a very good offense. And Marlon Mack should be the guy there. Completely be the guy. There's nothing to stop him from that. Why what is what's the what's the hesitation? Because he hasn't done a full year, I guess. I, I think that I think that's really it. I mean, his, his numbers speak for themselves, but you have Neheim Hines, uh, where you think will take away kind of third down passing, maybe. But he when 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 he was there, when he was healthy, they used him to the full extent. So I don't know what the hesitation is, but even myself, if I'm being completely honest, I, I, not all of those players, but you know, I, I put Nick Chubb ahead of him, which he he is ranked that yeah, way anyway. Damian Williams, but, yeah, Damian Williams is an interesting one, so I, I can argue that one. And Aaron Jones is an interesting one, but the other ones you talked about, I don't I don't see why people would put those above him because, I mean, do they think I don't know? Is it a injury concern maybe, or is it just the fact that he's not a name? And he did it relatively quietly. Yeah, because he, I mean, he hasn't played a full season and, and done that in a full season, I guess. You do think of the Colts and you think passing offense, which rightfully so you should. But when you look at his numbers, obviously they, they ran the ball a healthy amount as well. And that offensive line was substantially better up in 2018 than it was the year prior. So that obviously only goes a long way to ensuring that uh, their run game is going to be better, you know, as well as pass protecting for luck, which is what most people think of. The more I'm, when I'm looking at this, I'm just, I'm thinking maybe, I mean, maybe we really should be looking at him a little bit more. So he didn't, he only played, didn't play week one. He played week two, didn't really do anything. So then he came back in week six. So really you should look at week six on to figure out, you know, how did he actually play? So week six on let's, let's pull this up. Let me pull these numbers up. How did he actually rank week six on? Let's see here. Marlon Mack. Yeah. So he did. We'll, we'll just receiving. He, I'm correct in thinking that yep. Hines is going to be the guy. He did not. He only had 17 receptions all year, 26 targets. And that's fine. You don't have to be that type of guy. But, man, they used him in the rushing game. Yeah. 
he was uh, the 11th best running back in week six through 17. So very solid. He's better than Joe Mixon. He was better, better than Philip Lindsay, who everyone fell in love with. He was better than Nick Chubb, better than, well, Aaron Jones. Yeah. They didn't give him the shot <laughs> better than David Johnson, better than Dalvin cook. He's better than a lot of guys who people just easily put ahead of him right now. He was very good. He was the 11th best running back over that stretch that he actually was playing there. That's very, very solid. And yet we just kind of, you know, don't, don't think about him. Don't, don't draft him. And I don't even know why. I I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't think I've had Marlon Mack on any of my teams, but when you think about it, why would he not be just an, just a great running back too for your team? He's, he's an awesome running back too. Yeah, if you really look at the numbers too, there is only a couple of games that he really didn't show out, and two of them, I would say, we'll say three that he really suffered. Two of them are against Jacksonville, which is unfortunate because you're going to have to play them again. Yeah, and then the other one's it. against Houston. So, you know, it, it's worrisome that you're going to have to play those guys a lot, um, and maybe that's part of. I don't think people are really looking into that all so much because no. I, I hate strength of schedule and it, all that, but. Um, it's just yeah. not. It's him not catching the ball. That's really yeah. it. I mean, you know, you take away half of that, and I think that's why you look at the people. And what this is my thing, though. So, um, Fournette is is a perfect example. Um, who was the other one? Fournette and um, well, that's, that's Derek going, Henry. Yeah, Derek Henry. Those two guys should not be going above him, even though they're being drafted averagely uh, above him because they don't catch the ball either, like at all. No, they don't. So, in I mean. Based on like yeah, over uh, Derrick Henry, he's in such a better offense than Derrick Henry. Oh yeah, Derrick Henry. I don't understand why. Anyway. Unless you believe in Marcus Mariota, I definitely do. <laughs> no, no, I, I I like the guy. I just don't. He, he yeah. but not I, the answer. But yeah, we're not the only ones doing this with Marlon Mack. He just he you know, whenever you see a guy that goes well below his eighty or his ADP is well below his rank. It's just he's is he that guy who sits at the top of the draft board and you just don't draft and he sits there for too long. It's just that guy that everyone just doesn't know what to do with. So Marlon Mack, he's the last guy I have on my list today. Do you have you have one more guy? One more guy, and it is another running back, someone that we definitely have not talked about (laughs) at all is Kenyon Drake. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so completely the forgotten man. Right now he is ranked twenty fifth. I believe last year he ranked seventeenth in running backs. And that was with getting hardly any work. Like, they really did a poor job of getting him the ball. When you look at his numbers, once again, it's completely up to Miami, which I have no faith in their organization to do the right thing. But it's up to them. And if they do make him the primary back, which they should because he should Gore be. is gone, yeah. Yeah, it makes sense, right? Ballage, I don't, okay, I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a scout or anything. I just don't think he's any good. Right. And that, <laughs> and Yeah, and I don't think he is. But... Drake really did show something, and if if they give him enough touches, I think that he is going to be a sneaky good pick. And I, it shouldn't I, even be sneaky at this point, but he's going to be a good pick. I actually I agree with this. This is I've actually been thinking about him recently and how far he's going down the board. But only 120 carries. If he gets, a, man, if he gets a increase in carries, he's going to be up there. He's always his yards per carry has always been good. It's always been good. I mean. It usually it, a lot of times it is on guys who don't get as many carries. It just it it is it might go down slightly, but he catches the ball too. Fifty three catches last year, so he can catch it a little bit. He can run if they give him a real shot. He's going to be a guy who you're going to get. I mean, twenty twenty fifth right now. You said that's a your third running back maybe. 
you're going to be in good good shape there with um, Kenny Drake. I'm I'm liking this one a little bit. I think he's an interesting player to pick. And shoot, there's some people that really like it. He's as high as eighth. I mean, I think that somebody that, has him eighth on fantasy pros. That's, so that's a crazy. little extravagant, but that's a little crazy. But when you and and once again, this is without him getting enough work, in my opinion. But if you put them together, which would only be all together, uh, what is that? A hundred and uh, hundred and seventy-three touches, period, between rushing and receiving, and the guy went over about a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. That is unbelievable production. Unbelievable, yeah. and and. I mean, you should have a better team than what you did last year. You should. I, I don't know if that's actually going to come to fruition, but you should. So he, he's another guy that after I really dug into it, I think that I'm going to start um, trying to get him in later drafts because I think he's such a value pick. I'm being a little reactionary here, but I'm moving him up my ranks. As I speak. <laughs> Not very high, but he, I had him way too low. Um, actually, no, I already did. I actually forgot that. I did a little bit earlier. He was uh, I moved him up to there we go. He's going to go ahead of Josh Jacobs. He's going to go ahead. He's actually going to go ahead of Philip Lindsay. He's going to, I, I Philip Lindsay's one we have to talk. We haven't talked about him either. Bring him up, man. <laughs> we might as well just, we'll just have one more here. We'll talk about Philip Lindsay. And I, this is an interesting one. Cause he was a very good player. He just undrafted came out of nowhere. He was very good last year. I don't think though, it can quite continue. I think he's just not made, to be an every down back is some people might want him to be, and he's going to be a productive player when he plays, but I don't think he's going to be a every down back. And I think it's going to be more of a complete split between him and Royce Freeman. And because of that, I think you got to downgrade Philip Lindsay and put him down the list a little bit. He's going to be productive. And when he plays, but I don't, I've had a lot of people that don't like my Philip Lindsay rank. Because he was a really he was a really good player. in his 192 attempts, he got over a thousand yards, five point five point four yards per carry, nine touchdowns. He's very good, but that's about the extent of it. He's never going to get 200 carries, I don't think. I don't think he's a guy who can can do that. He's only five eight one ninety. That's what he's listed at. What is he really then? He's listed <laughs> at five eight one ninety. You know, I don't think he can sustain. He's going to be a good player. Nothing, he's going to be a good player. He's going to have very good weeks, but I don't think he should be jumping up the. He should be. I don't think he should be a top twenty guy. I don't think he's a top twenty guy. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about him, but I don't even know if I love. I don't love Royce Freeman. No, I, I mean, do think it's going to yeah. be some kind of split between the two. And that, I was I was higher. I thought that Royce Freeman would have done a little bit better, um, but I mean Lindsey just outperformed him in every aspect. I think Royce Freeman averaged like four yards a carry. Philip Lindsey was averaging five point four. Like he was unbelievably good like unbelievably dynamic nine touchdowns i mean you you go down what he was able to do and he is definitely going to be the third down back where he's going to catch a lot more royce freeman is not going to fill that role so i think philip Lindsay is relatively safe so i don't i have a hard time but because of his frame and because of the fact that he's undrafted and you know they have it's not like they invested a ton into him that he could go away, and we've seen this before. It wouldn't be the first time that a guy yeah. has shown a flash and then gone away. So I, I do understand why you would kind of diminish him a little bit, but um, I'm not ready to quite yet just because of how well he played. And Denver is in desperate need for playmakers. He happens to be one. I think Cortland Sutton's the other one. Other than that, you really don't have any on the offense. Mm-hmm. So that that's yeah. the other reason. They're not stocked full of uh, talent. One, one other quick running back here before we end it. <laughs> okay. what is it? So – 
it, this is a big if, but if Latavius Murray is in the Mark Ingram role, we have him ranked too low. That's very true. It, That's very, very true. Uh, we don't know exactly how the Saints feel yet. We talked about this on the Players We Love episode. And will they just hand it over to Kamara completely? I don't know. I don't know that yet. None of us know. It's a complete guessing game. It's something to watch out for and watch in the preseason and then watch. I mean, we'll get this is one that we might have to wait till week one before we really know. But if that's the case, Latavius Murray, we are, I think, severely underrating him. If if he steps into the Mark Ingram role, he might not be quite as good as Mark Ingram, but he's not far away. He's honestly not that far off. So just uh, that's a, that's one to watch. So. Um, I actually wanted to look as well. Last year is not a good um, kind of you know, testing ground for what kind of work that Mark Ingram gets in that offense because obviously he was suspended. But yeah. the two years prior to that, he got over 200 carries each one, 205 and then 230. And then he also caught, which I don't think Latavius Murray is going to catch a whole lot, obviously. But, they, I mean, they threw it to him a ton. He had 46 catches and 58 catches. I mean, I think that does speak on how underrated Ingram was. But if if that really is it, I mean, he 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 is very capable of – what is the uh, my gosh? Actually, Ingram, his numbers were crazy. So I don't know if that was, <laughs> I don't know if that's a Saints thing, or what. Eight, but I, I don't think that he would be that far off. And like last year, he had 140 rushes. Latavius Murray, I'm talking about 140 rushes uh, mm-hmm. for almost 600 yards and six touchdowns. You know, uh, on Minnesota. So, well, I just I really wonder if the Saints are a team that wants to actually run. I don't think they want to run Kamara into the ground. No, I, I, they I don't. agree with you. I think Murray's going to get a good workload and just we got to watch him. It it it's something that we could just be severely underrating him and just forgetting. We're, think, we haven't oh, talked. Well, I don't think we've talked about him at all. No, we haven't. Than, like, I actually think you're. Like, I think you're spot on on this one. I really yeah. do. Um, even if I don't think he is as good as Ingram, that's not really the point. The is offense it? is great, though. I have a. Yeah. I have a lot of players that are not the best. Oh, yeah. players that are up there because of where they're at. True, like David. Okay, David Montgomery. You know, say for the bear. Like the only reason we're talking about David Montgomery is because of the situation. It's not the player. And there's a million players. There's 50 running backs you could put in a certain situation, and we'd be like, okay, that's a couple years ago with with how good the Cowboys' offensive line was. Zeke was amazing. Zeke's just an awesome player, but you could have probably put 75 running backs from the NFL at that spot. They would have been really good. You know, it's just it's all about situation. So, all right, I think that will do it for players we haven't talked about. We'll be back next week with two more episodes. I don't even know what they're going to be, but (laughs) I got a list somewhere. But we'll talk to you guys next week.